over there. Good morning. morning. Well, my name, thank you, Shelly. My name is Scott, and I know I don't usually wear a hat on stage, but this is our new logo. Uh, This is our new merchandise. We have hats. We have t-shirts. I think we've only got about 10 hats left right now. Uh, So if you want one, grab one before you leave. Uh, Hats are 20 bucks. T-shirts are 15 bucks. And here's the deal with this stuff. Zach has done an amazing job creating a new logo, new website, new app, all that kind of stuff for us. But, But that's all so that we can take these things and represent us as a church family and say, I'm proud of who we are. And we want to be able to use these things as invitations for people. You might see this C logo and go, well, what in the heck does that mean? That's kind of cool. And if somebody asks you that while you're wearing your hat, there's your opportunity. And you say, oh man, come check out this church that we're a part of. We'd love to have you worship with us. It's an easy invitation to be able to do that. So grab the merch on your way out. Most of our staff is wearing it today, except Joel. And uh, so, (laughs) sorry, Joel, if you're watching somewhere. Okay. Um, but, but grab that. It is great for, for that. Now, this week is all about Easter. And I know some of you are going, I had no idea Easter was next Sunday. I mean, I walked in here not, not remembering that. Easter's been on our plate for months here at Community Church. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do for me. I'm going to ask you to invite one or two friends or family to worship with you next weekend. All right, just one or two. I mean, they might be somebody that that's an easy invitation for, or it might be somebody that, well, if I invite them, they're going to say the ceiling's going to collapse as soon as they walk into the church. Yes, those are the people that we want to come through these doors, because those are the people that we love. We love all of you, but we love those people uh, uh, around this place. Now, actually, Easter for us starts today with the hip-hop Easter egg hunt, 230 kids, grandkids, whoever, bring them, neighbor kids, bring them over. There are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of eggs, right? So kids walk out of this place really happy on our Easter egg hunt. So, so grab some kids. Don't miss that. Then maybe this week, maybe you start reading the Easter story. Not long, not difficult, Not hard, just a little bit every day. You can find it in Matthew or John or Luke, books in the New Testament there. And then you come to the Good Friday service. I promise you, you will not be disappointed coming to the Good Friday service. It will change you. It's that good. It's that quality. So so come to Good Friday service, and then you wrap it up inviting friends and family to one of our three Easter worship services. That's a great week. This is all about... The, the best event, the greatest event in the history of events. That's what Easter is. This is our Super Bowl as Christ followers, is Easter. We want to make sure that we invite everybody we can to be part of this. Now, today we're going to continue to look at, at some things that Jesus said about himself that are a little bit unusual, a little bit, a little bit deep. And we start in this series called the I Am Series, Because he starts these statements about himself with, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the gate. I am the bread. I am the resurrection. I am the vine. First week we look at Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. That was a great teaching. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
Now, if there's a good shepherd, it means that there's a not-so-good shepherd as well. And we, you and I, were the sheep. Not good news, not great news, it's just news. We're the sheep. We need a lot of guidance. We need a lot of help. If you're honest, some of you need more help than others. But we all need a lot of help because that's who we are. The not-so-good shepherd, Satan, wants to kill us, hurt us, destroy us. That's his whole purpose for existence. Kill, hurt, steal, destroy. But the good shepherd, Jesus, wants to provide for us and protect us and forgive us and provide a hope for us and a life that's overflowing with goodness. So there's the contrast, right? The not-so-good shepherd and the good shepherd. Last week, we focused in on John 8. I am the light of the world. And it says this in John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. A candle makes a massive difference in a really dark room. All it takes is a small light to light up the pitch black darkness. That's all it takes. And for you, thinking about being a candle in some dark places, we have to retrain our thought process to be more like this. Have you ever thought about the fact that maybe God planted you exactly where you are at this season of your life because he might need you to be a light there? You see, we kind of live life about us, but life is so much more than just us. God wants to use us to impact people, to be a light. He might have put you exactly where you're working right now so that you can be a light there, because maybe it's a really dark place. Maybe he puts you exactly where you go to school, because it's a dark place. Maybe he puts you exactly where you live, because they need you to be a light. Maybe he puts you exactly in the family that you're in for one purpose, to light up that family to help change them, to be Jesus to them. You are the light of the world because Jesus is shining through you. So let him shine. Today we're going to look at Jesus saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. And that's in John 15, 5. Here's what it says. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me set this up. John 15 is our main scripture today, right? So let's go back to John 13. John 13, it's called the Last Supper. You know why it's called the Last Supper? It's the Last Supper with his, his best friends, his disciples, his followers. It's the Last Supper together and uh, before he goes to be crucified. And then if you skip to chapter 18, so we're in 15, we're right in the middle of those. Skip to chapter 18. That's where Jesus is going to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's arrested. He's taken to be crucified. And what we have in between those two chapters is a dinner conversation. And it's really cool to see that. You know, it's, it's all it is. He's talking over dinner. He's explaining some things over dinner. And it's the last dinner that Jesus was going to have and if it's the last dinner Jesus was going to have in this physical body, this must be some pretty important dinner conversation, right? Because that's where you communicate, is over dinner. Now, 
If you were sitting around a dinner table with your closest friends and family, and you knew that it was going to be the last dinner you were going to have with them, what would you say? What would that be? What would you say? Somebody tell me, your last dinner, family and friends, what are you talking about? I love you. you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want them to know that. You want them to to say that back to you. You want that relationship being talked about. Somebody else, what are you going to say? Put down your phone. Okay, I don't have mine. Remember me. Yeah. What is it? I appreciate you. I'll miss you. I'll see you. Yeah. Those are great conversations to have, right? I mean, those are, those are really, really good. And Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. There's got to be something here. It's got to be deep and meaningful. Now, now, maybe for you, again, you'd want them to know about how you feel. That could be good or bad. But you've got to work that out because you're not going to physically see them again. You, wanna, you don't want to leave that question left undone, right? You just don't. Maybe you pass on some life lessons to them. Here's probably what I would say. Come sit beside me, my only son, and listen closely to what I say. And if you do this, it will help you some sunny day. Okay, that's the words to Leonard Skinner's song called Simple Man, but that's still probably what I would say. It goes on to say this, take your time, don't live too fast. Troubles will come and troubles will pass. You'll find a woman, yeah, you'll find love, and don't forget, son, there's someone up above. That's it. Be a simple kind of man. That's all there is. Troubles are going to come. They're going to pass. Don't forget God is there for you. Don't forget how much he loves you. This is the context, again, where Jesus is saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you're going to bear a lot of fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Why is being connected to the vine so important? Why? Well, if you look at Bob here, this, this, this fruit tree, this is an apple tree, by the way. And, and if you look at him, there's, there's a lot to this. All right, this, this tree's pretty healthy. All right, it, it's good. You see the flowers already on it. It's healthy. It's ready to produce some fruit. It, it, it's in good shape. And, and the, the vine part of it, the, the, the tree part of it, it represents Jesus. It's solid. Has all the nutrients it needs down here. It's well fed. It's well watered. It's doing really, really good. And it's going to produce fruit. And then if you look at these branches, these branches represent us. All right? They represent us. Now, as long as this tree is good and Jesus is the tree, he's always good. Right? He's solid. He's never going to wane or be destroyed or, or lack anything. He's always good. And as long as that tree is good, the chances of the branches of us producing fruit is pretty good because we're connected to the right tree, to the, to the right vine. But what if, oh, I don't know. What if, listen, don't call PETA, don't call horticulturalist anonymous and, and get me arrested, all right? Yes, it will die. Okay, we'll get to that part in just a minute. But let's just say this branch represents us. All right? How much fruit is this branch going to produce? None. Absolutely none. Why? 
because it's detached from the tree. It's detached from the vine. All right? It needs that connection point to be able to survive, to be a good source of water and life and food so it can do what it was created to do, which is produce fruit. John 15 says this in verse 1, I am the true vine. All right? Now, if he's the true vine, what's that mean? There are some not-so-true vines. All right? That's what it means. If he's the true tree, it means there's some not-so-true trees out there. All right, so some things that, that, that we want to connect to. Now, when, when we cut the branch off and we put ourselves uh, in a situation where now we're isolated and now we're alone, but we always want to connect to something, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you are in life, doesn't matter what you're doing, when you were attached here, you were glad to be attached. Now that you've either chosen to separate yourself from that tree, or you've been cut off from that tree, now you don't have a choice, but you're looking for something to attach to because you need that to survive. You need that. Now, if I'm going to take this branch and I'm going to put it in a bucket of water, what's going to happen? Is it going to survive longer? Yeah, it'll have one of the things that it needs to survive. It needs water to live. So you submerge it in a bucket, it's going to stay there for a long time. It's not going to dry up because it has the moisture, but it's missing the sunlight and the nutrients to be able to grow, to be able to produce fruit. Now, the bucket is one thing uh, that you can use. And, And again, I'm not a botanist, but I'm pretty sure this isn't going to survive. You agree with me? Anybody have a botany degree in here? No? Okay, well... I'm pretty sure it's not going to survive. And since nobody can dispute that, I'm saying it's not going to survive. All right? Now, not going to produce fruit. But if we cut it off and we cut ourselves off from the vine, again, we're searching for some place to cling on to, some place to attach ourselves to as we go through life. Now, what are some of the the false vines that we try to attach to in this life once we separate from the true vine, which is Jesus? What are some things we try to attach to? Just culturally, money is certainly one of those, right? I mean, you look at money and and you're looking at, I don't know, maybe things like cars and houses and jobs and pleasure and our own version of God. Those are things that we try to attach to to find the same meaning and purpose that we had here to a greater degree when we were attached to this tree, this vine, Jesus. So, let's look at the fruit of those things. Let's say it's a new car. What's the fruit? Well, you can get to work on time. Not worried about breaking down, right? Maybe. Maybe you get better gas mileage than what you had in your old clunker. Maybe it's an electric car, and you don't even have to worry about gas mileage. So, you're doing great with that. Or maybe you think you look really good driving that new car. You know, benefit, that's self-esteem, right? I I mean, that's fruit. Friends, those aren't fruits. Those are some benefits, but they're not lasting. Why? Because what happens to the vine you attach yourself to? Gets a flat tire, gets engine problems, starts to rust out, it breaks down. That's not a true vine. It's a vine we attach ourselves to for a while, but it doesn't produce the fruit that we need. How about work? Maybe that's the vine that you're attached to. A lot of us are. 
right? We're, we're attached to, to our jobs. And what's the fruit of our job? Well, maybe for you, the fruit of your job is more money. I mean, come on, Scott, if I can get more money, I can buy more stuff to impress more people that don't really like me and I don't really care about, but I'm going to impress them because I'm making more money. And then we spend more money than we actually make and we get into debt and then we're in trouble. And maybe for you, your fruit of a, of a new job is what? Maybe you get a promotion because you're working really, really hard. Matter of fact, you're working seven days a week. You're working 20 hours a day and you've lost your family, but you've got a promotion. Is that fruit? Absolutely not. That's death. Now, nothing wrong with a good job, and there's nothing wrong with working hard. God tells us to be able to do that. But when that's your focus, when that's the vine that you're clinging to, it's not sustainable, and it won't provide what you need in your life as fruit. How about your own version of God? That tends to be where a lot of people are today. You know, we we tend to make our own version of God. What's the fruit of that? Well, now you and God get along. (laughs) Or maybe you didn't before because you didn't like what he said and he didn't like what you were doing. You're going, well, now I've got my own version of God. I'm good. And you're good because you created how God wants you to live. It's not how God wants you to live. It's how you're created God wants you to live. When we create God in our own image, God becomes something that we do to just justify all of our actions. God wants me to be happy. And nothing else matters. So if lying makes you happy, then lie. Why? Because your God is good with that. If cheating makes you happy, then cheat. Why? Because your God is good with that. If stealing makes you feel good, then steal. Because your God is good with that. Then, 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 then here, here's how it works. If as long as my God is good with it, because I created my God then I'm okay. The problem is when you create your own God, there's no substance there, right? There, there's no true, no true nourishment there because you're living life all about you. There's nothing there to really provide fruit for you. You're just living life on your own because we created our God. Those things aren't fruit. They're robbing you of the best life possible. They're taking everything that you have and giving you nothing in return except now you feel better about yourself because nobody is challenging how you're living. I think Galatians 5 is a great scripture to talk about this. Galatians 5 is just a great passage in general. Verse 13, it says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Do you get it? I mean, do do you get that? The spirit of God and the flesh are, are contrary to each other. They're battling each other for control for who you're going to connect yourself to. 
All right, live like you want, do what you want, it's all about you, or live better than that so that your life is more fulfilling and you're living by how God wants you to live. But, but again, serve one another. That's how you do it. Serve one another humbly in love for the entire love is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it means to connect to the true vine, to the true branch. But when we're connected to our own God, to the God that we create, we're crumbling, we're drying, we're starting to feel like we're not, not going to survive anymore. This is how we live, Galatians 5.19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hated, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I read those things, and there is not one positive thing that comes out of those, those examples of how we're living. Not one positive thing. It's a lost way of living. There's no fruit. There's no hope. There's no life. And yet we're still trying to connect to that vine, to that tree. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Who wants a little more love in your life? Not sexual love, not physical. Who wants a little unconditional love in your life that builds you, that sustains you? Joy. Anybody here need a little more joy? I do. Need a little bit more joy? Why? Because joy produces happiness and it produces life. Love, joy, peace. Oh, man. Anybody use a little more peace? in every area of your life that you're trying to connect to. But if you connect over here, peace is one of the fruit of this. Love, joy, peace. It says forbearance. We would say probably patience. I need more patience. Just ask our staff. I need a whole lot more patience. I need to be able to live like that, and that's one of the fruit of connecting to Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those things, there's no law. That's the productive, fruitful, abundant way to live. And you get those when you're connected to this vine, to Jesus, because that's what he produces in you. Those are the best and most important things in this life. If you're connected to Jesus, the true vine, all those things come into your life. Now, here's where the challenge comes in. It's in John 15, verse 6. All right, let's read this. If you do not remain in me, if you're not connected to Jesus, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Ouch. It's tough, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that's really tough. Don't miss this. That's not what I want. All right? That, that's not what I'm saying. That's not my interpretation of this scripture. That's not my rule. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that's what happens. He's saying if you choose not to connect to me, 
If you choose to walk away from me, if you choose to try to connect yourself to a false vine, someone else, you will dry up, you will wither away, and you'll be left for somebody to walk by, pick up, and use as wood for a fire. Ouch. It's not what I want. That's when your life becomes all about you. Your wants, your desires, your needs, and you forgot because you weren't connected to the true vine that this life isn't about you. It's not. This life is about the people around you that you can serve and help and contribute and make their lives better. That's what this life is about. It's about loving unconditionally and serving people. That's what this life is about. When your life is all about you, it never ends up good. So how do we stay connected to Jesus? How do we stay connected to the true vine? We have three simple words around this church that we try to emphasize all the time. By by the way, the, the logo on this hat are three C's wrapped around each other. CCC, Community Christian Church. We've done some other things with the three C's like celebrate, connect, and contribute. And those are the ways that you, can, that you stay connected to the true vine. Here's celebrate. That's worship. Here's the deal, guys. Don't miss coming to and being a part of the body of Christ every week. Because we need that. We've allowed everything else to take priority over the true vine, Jesus. Everything else. From our feelings and our emotions and our events and everything else going on. We've allowed everything to take priority over Jesus. Maybe it's time that we take Sundays back. Maybe it's time that we set the example. That we set the priorities. That we do what's best for us. Because connecting to the true vine is what's best for us. The other stuff is just stuff. And it's always going to be there. Connect to the vine. Celebrate. Don't back down from that. Focus on how much he has done for you and how much he's forgiven you and how much he truly loves you. Here's the second way is we connect. Connect to other Christ followers. I mean, we're not meant to do life alone. God created us to connect to other people and connect to him through those experiences. We need people in our lives that have no ulterior motives. People that are only in your life to find and help provide the best for us. They love you not because of who you are or what you do or how much money you make. They love you because God loves you and they want to serve and connect to you. That's why they're there. Now, now, maybe for you, you look at people and you go, you know what, I need somebody to help me be the best that I can be. And we do that, and you do that, because you're connected to the vine, because that's what he provides for us. Jesus says, you know, that, that, that lifestyle you're in might not be the best. How, how can I love you and support you and encourage you to walk maybe this direction a little bit and see where it leads? Maybe for you it's the third C, and that's contribute, and it's not all about money. Now, money's important because money controls us, all right? And we need to realize that. If you don't, you need to. Everything in our lives is controlled by money and finances. Now, that's part of this, but it's so much bigger than that. Contributing is about contributing into the lives of those people that are in need. 
serving them, loving them, helping them. I mean, doing things and living a life of finding needs and filling them. Have you done that? Are you doing that? Do you look at people and say, how can I serve you? How can I help you? Maybe for you, that that means going to happy church in Jackson, Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, and serving the poorest of the poor. Maybe that's what you need to do to start seeing outside of yourself and helping the people in need. That might be cleaning out your closets and helping Barb Barker do homeless ministry in Butler County. Something small, something little, something, something you know, just kind of self-sacrifice to help the people around us that might be in worse shape than you are. That might be serving in the nursery so a tired, worn-out new mom can come into a worship experience and be able to go, and it means, and it takes so little for some of us to do that. But yet what a selfless act it is to contribute in a way like that so that someone can worship. It's been a whole long time since I've had a one-year-old, but I see a whole lot of parents struggling to go, I love this child, but I'm tired. Maybe you step up and help out with those things. Maybe those things keep you connected to the true vine. They keep you going, Jesus, thank you for giving me these abilities and these gifts so that I can help people around me. They allow us to grow. They allow us to produce fruit. Here's what the end of John 15 says. He says, my command is this. Are you ready? Love each other as I have loved you. We can just stop right there. Love each other as I have loved you. How many different times and how many different scriptures and how many different ways do we need to say that from this stage? Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. When we're connected to the vine, we have the power of Jesus in our lives to connect to people and love them and serve them and give to them in a very different way than we can without God. Now, here's the difference, all right? When we're connected to the, va- to the vine, we have the power to do that in a deeper way. So maybe for you, you have to take a deeper look at yourself. Are you connected to the vine? Are you connected to Jesus? Are you bearing fruit? Are you serving, loving, growing, being forgiven and forgiving others? Are you connected to the vine? Are you connected? Here's the truth. Jesus does not want you dried up to have no purpose and to be thrown into the fire. That's not his plan for you. He knows everything about you and he loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to produce as much fruit as possible because that's why he created you. He came so that we can have life and have it to the fullest, but it's our choice. We can choose to be connected to the true vine. We can choose to try to be connected to any other false vines that are out there that we think are going to provide purpose and hope and support for us. But don't. Connect to the true vine. Some of you, you need to surrender your life to Jesus so you can start the connection process. Some of you, you need to accept the fact that Jesus came and died for your sins 
which is what Easter is all about, by the way, rose from the dead so that you can be forgiven from your past. Some of you need to connect to Jesus through baptism. Friends, if you haven't been baptized, it's such a beautiful connection point. You go into into water, your old self, you're dying to your old self, what you've done, where you've been, who you are, you're dying to that. You're being buried into the water just like Jesus was buried in the tomb, died and was buried in the tomb, and you come up out of that water new just like Jesus came up out of that grave completely new. And you can connect in that way that starts this amazing journey of producing fruit and being connected to the true vine. Maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe for you, you just need to take that step. How about it? How about stepping out of your comfort zone and saying, I'm connecting. I'm connecting to the vine. I'm connecting because I want to live a fruitful, productive, bountiful life instead of just living like I've been living. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for for wanting us to connect to you, for providing everything we need for this life, including forgiveness and hope and a future. Thank you for that. I pray every person in this room and every person watching online, God, may they find a way to stay connected, to grow or reconnect to the true vine, to Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.